Vegas Video Network Studios, just steps from the Las Vegas Strip, it's Top of the Food Chain! And I'm your host, he's one part mohawk, two parts attitude, and a touch of what the f***, it's Al Mancini! And welcome to Top of the Food Chain. I am your host, Al Mancini, the tardiest host on the Vegas Video Network. <laughs> We're just into a new time frame here. As if you're watching live, 5 o'clock, I apologize. It's a little after 5 o'clock. If you're watching in video, I guess I didn't, or, you know, taped, recorded, whatever. I didn't have to fill you in on that little fact, but I'm an honest guy, so I figured I'd let you know. Um, again, this is Top of the Food Chain, talking all about everything food and beverage related here in Las Vegas and just in general. And we're glad to have you here. We will be giving you some great insight into food. We love to hear from you guys out there. So if you've got a message for us, email us. It's food at VegasVideoNetwork.com. Of course, that won't get to us in time to answer it right now, but we will have future episodes. Um, we also have a live chat going on right now. So if you're online now, check that out. Go into the chat room, sign on. Ask us whatever you got to ask us. We got Vic Vegas here today. We got. <laughs> The triumphant return of Vic Vegas. I know you've been, been uh, waiting for him. People keep saying to me, when's Vic going to be on? Then maybe I'll tune back into the show again. <laughs> so thank you, Vic. You're saving, you're saving my viewership by being here again today. Of course, if you've missed his past appearances or any of our past shows, you can get them on iTunes. You can watch them on YouTube. They're archi archived on my website at um, almancini.net. How did I forget that one? Almancini.net. That's... You can tell I'm frazzled by this new time zone, uh, time change. Anyway, two, um, <laughs> oh, cut, take two. <laughs> anyway, you can also check us out at, um, at KSHP, 14 a.m. They, they have all of the um, Vegas Video Network shows that are run just in a row every Friday night, so check that out. Those of you who are listening, we've got a listener chat line. You can call in with questions at 866 966-4599. Anyway, I've screwed up the intro to today's show. We're going to go and um, kick it off, and we're going to do a lot better because i got other people to save my butt. <laughs> Scott, please step in and rescue me today, man. I'm so glad that you're here. It's just lovely, and, and the tardiness makes you just a bigger entertainer in our eyes. Makes, yeah, you got to keep the people waiting. That's right. right? I mean, and we appreciate that. And is your water okay? Did you want more? Um, no, that's okay. It's okay. fine. Anything that you want, we're going to get it for you. We're there. There is no water. I can, I, well, shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay, at least I'm not the only one messing up today. Uh, had an interesting week. I know, Scott, you did not make it out to Koshan, but. I do um, know, as I just said. Uh, oh, yeah, out. really. You're the one yelling at yeah, me. I know, I know. This is the most professional show around. I'm so glad that. All the Food Network people are watching because That's Vic's good. here today. We've just blown my chances of ever getting a show on the Food Network. Well, then Network. my work here is done. <laughs> yes, you've got me. You have, you've got me as yours for forever. Perfect. But didn't make it out to, you didn't make it out to Koshan. I did. All-Star Koshan. We got some photos, um, just a few of them. You can find more on my website. That is some um, bacon cotton candy. 
Oh. I mean, that was just absolutely nuts. And of course, with nice piggy being slaughtered, or not slaughtered, but actually being chopped down, which is really cool. And um, yep, that one's sideways, but that's a little bit of charcuterie. Were you drinking for that shot? No, I just thought you guys would have rotated it when you got uh, we it. We were a little and tardy. Just a nice slab, <laughs> just a nice slab of pork there. So, tons. They were making all kinds of crazy stuff, Scott. I'll, you can read about them again on my website. But you know, bacon cotton candy, bacon eggnog. Um, oh. Pork Oreos, using the pork for the cream filling, using the fat of the pork. And it was just, it was crazy, man. Was so it busy? It was not as crowded as I was hoping, but um, it was a good crowd. The people that were there were all absolute, you know, crazy foodies. It wasn't sort of the food tourists, you know, it was right. people that really wanted to eat pork Oreos and things like that. Sounds like something Vic would make, actually. <laughs> um, <laughs> so it was cool. How's your week been, Scott? Uh, good, busy, just building the network, doing stuff. We've got something coming up that's going to be huge. You just keep, huge. You keep telling me. I know, and I saw the final product, and it's just the coolest thing. Cool. Well, look, um, we're going to get on to guests because we are running a little late today. We'll be back with our first guest right after this. Let me know when I'm live. Hi, everybody. This is Bridget Magnus of Getting Real Estate in Vegas, and you are watching the Vegas Video Network. <laughs> Okay, we are back, and now I've got my senses about me, so this is going to be a lot of fun. Um, if you were watching last week, I spoke a little bit about the new Feed Farmers Market downtown. It happens every Thursday. I didn't make it there today, um, but if you read about it in Today's City Life, if you picked up a copy of Today's City Life, I wrote it up and talked about what a cool event it is to go to. So check out that article in City Life. But right now, I'm fortunate enough to have with me the founder of the Feed Farmers Market, Gina Gavin, how are you? I'm great, thanks, it's man. Good to have you here. Thank you. So today was week three, right? Week three. And how's it going? You did 1,200 people the first week? Yeah, um, crazy. You know, who would have um, thought that uh, people downtown wanted access to fresh food? I got a little resistance, actually, to begin with, but is it good. Is it primarily um, downtown locals that are coming, or are people driving from all over the valley? All over the valley, we've seen. Um, but, you know, I mean, today, I can't tell you the number of people that came up and were like, I have to hug you because this is great. I, I mean, we really that. need this kind of food downtown. So there's a lot of people living down there, people coming from Summerlin, people coming from Henderson. Yeah, and um, it's, it's a lot of fun. I mean, the people that you're down there with really are people that just enjoy talking about food. I said it in my article today. You know, you just you strike up a chat with these people and everybody wants to talk about whether you want to talk about veganism or whether you want to talk about grass-fed beef or whatever. I mean, everybody just really are foodies, and they love food. And foodies doesn't just mean going out to restaurants. I mean, right. if you love food, it's not just about sitting in a four-star restaurant. It's, it's about the love of seeing how it's produced and seeing the meeting the people who produce it. And that's really what you're bringing to us. So yeah. thank you for that. Yeah, absolutely. It's communal. I mean, like as you said in your article, you know, I mean, it is about bringing people together around what people are passionate about. And where do we always end up when we get together? In the kitchen. So this is now, how do we get together? around the farmers. Yeah, so explain, first of all, get, tell people where it is. It's a little sure. tough to sure. find when, when I mention that it's, it's in obscure. Club Azure. I don't know, maybe I'm just not hip enough anymore. Maybe I'm getting old. I don't go to Club Azure. Uh, yes, Sorry, yes, so yes. where is it exactly? Um, all right, so it is in Fremont East Entertainment District uh, on 7th Street between Ogden and um, Fremont, actually. So right behind El Cortez is probably the easiest way to right. locate it. 
And it is semi-indoors. Semi-indoors. Kind of it's not like a nice air-conditioned supermarket or anything, but it's in, in the shade, yeah. and it's it's pretty nice over yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. It is air-conditioned, but we have all of the roll-up doors open, so that sort of the heat sort of yeah. sucks out the air. Well, I apologize. It is ah, air-conditioning with all the roll-up yeah, doors. Right, yeah, right, yeah. It's, it's nice, I have to say, yeah. but not quite the same. But it is. It's comfortable there. It's a lot of fun. You got music there. You got somebody yeah. playing guitar. And um, again, it's just... I went late, so yeah. it wasn't really crowded when I got there. But you know, I've been yeah. told that when you're there, it's kind of just wall-to-wall -wall people. I mean, it, yeah. it's, it's packed. It's been very steady. Uh, you know, week three, um, we just and it just ended a couple hours ago. We've probably averaged about three thousand people thus far. Wow. And now, where you have now twenty-five vendors, I think you're up to. Um, yeah, saying? it sort of rotates anywhere between about twenty-two to twenty-five. Uh, we have some ranchers that come from um, Central. Um, and sort of rural Nevada, and so they can't, they don't come every week. Right. And now where, this is, because this is a very community-based thing, mm -hmm. so this, these are people that are actually growing food and raising cattle and doing things, not, maybe not right next door to us, but, you know, in our own backyard yeah. in that broad community sense, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, a lot of the purveyors are coming from Sandy Valley, Pahrump, I mean, there's some in Henderson, Northwest Las Vegas, um, Buckhorn Ranch out of Alamo, so, you know, really primarily it's about 95% all um, Southern Nevada. Right. And this, you know, this is a point that I like to make, and it's very important. I make it in my, in my article. People always say to me, oh, you were in the desert. Nothing grows there, and we're not sustainable, and we have to ship everything in. And those of us that have been fortunate enough to visit some of these farms, I mean, these guys are doing great things, and they're growing in the desert. And, you know, one day I actually want to have some farmers in, maybe give people a little bit of advice on how they could do this at home. But, mm -hmm. you know, that's not what we're about today. But it is amazing to talk about the kind of things that are growing right here in Las Vegas. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, it, just like you said, I mean, I get, I get the same questions. And people are like, well, we live in the desert. You know, I mean, it's not a food mecca. And um, it's actually quite the opposite. Um, and I think we have a lot of potential, actually, as a, as a, a future agricultural state that has a lot of growth. And there are some interesting things that are there that I know you couldn't bring with you today, but, um, like a cow. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I have been cow tipping, if that is any <laughs> consolation. Really? Today? <laughs> Not today. Okay. Um, but no, actually, grass-fed beef producers and, mm -hmm. you know, people, I'm, I'm a big proponent of grass-fed beef. It's much healthier. It's much more natural for the environment. It's very, very difficult to find. But you have guys that are growing, are raising their own grass-fed beef, very natural, the way that these animals were raised you know, generations mm -hmm. ago, none mm -hmm. of the artificial things we do today. And then, you know, normally you could go on their website and you can order it, mm -hmm. but, and then they'd ship it to you and you have to pay shipping. And of course, then you've got that carbon mm -hmm. footprint. Or they come to your thing about once a month and they'll fill those orders in person so mm -hmm. that you yeah. don't have to worry about all that shipping, right. right? And they actually fill them right out, like after the market is ended, um, just due to some um, health codes that we have here right now with our farmers market, but it, it's a great access. It gives them, re, you know, gives them the ability to take some orders up front, then um, they get to meet their customers, you know, hands-on, and, and, um, and then they communicate how they want to make that kind of distribution point. Cool. So yeah, it's been great, and I want to give a variety, and I'm kind of hoping that um, we, hopefully we'll have Gina back because this is a farmer's market's great if you go to a farmer's market. And you can go to this one, you can go to the one at Tivoli Village. Mm -hmm. um, do you know, I know there's mm -hmm. one in Prom. Yeah, Carrie Hogan has um, Tivoli Village and then also on... That's on Saturdays, right? On Saturday, and then Sunday she's in Henderson. Right, um, and that's in Green Valley mm -hmm. in Henderson. So, you know, there are a lot of these great farmer's markets you can go to. Um, you don't have to go to just one, but it's interesting to know when you get, get there, 
if you're not following it that closely, you may not know what's in season. People may not know what to put on their shopping list. And that's why, I'd like to ha that's why I really wanted to have you in today. And I'd like to have you back maybe about once a month that we could talk about what's fresh, mm -hmm. what people should be looking for, what they know is in season, what they're going to expect over the next week or two at various farmers markets. And I know that changes from month to month. And then I'm going to put Vic Vegas on the spot, and we're going to have him come up with some cool recipes if you do pick these things up. Because sometimes you're like, well, what am I going to do with, <laughs> right. uh, you know, with this? What did I get? Torpedo onions last mm -hmm. week, you know. And um, so we're going to do that. If you don't mind, could you show us a few of the sure. things that you picked up today? Absolutely. Great. Thank you. Uh, so today, um, we'll start with what's in the bag. Oh, what's in the bag? What is in the bag? So um, these are actually some onions um, that UNC came from UNCE Orchard. Okay. Um, so UNCE Orchard, um, a lot of people uh, don't even realize that we have this great research and demonstration garden um, right in, you know, it's right in North Las Vegas. Um, but it's very cool, and they even are growing, uh, doing grape wine. Grape vines out there. So it's. What do you mean by research and demonstrate? What What do they do out there actually? Just uh, learning new ways to grow in the desert, basically. Yeah, learning new ways. So they sort of uh, are the guinea pigs, figuring out how to master um, the dirt and the soil. You know, I mean, how they're going to be able to cultivate this. And then they have a lot of master gardener volunteers. So um, they have a huge following of people going out there all the time for classes and workshops. They're a great resource to, if you want to learn how to actually. Garden of the Desert. Very cool. And what else did we have there today? Uh, we've got some uh, golden zucchini squash. Um, and this oh, these, are, these are beautiful looking. Yeah. So those came from a farm in Sandy Valley, um, Valley Farms. Um, and they've got a wide variety of, of produce and herbs and vegetables. And how long will they be in season for? Um, those will be in season for uh, a few more months. Some of our growing seasons here in Southern Nevada are interesting because a lot of them are, use hoop houses um, so they can maximize some of the growing season. They use what? I'm sorry. Hoop. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's like hoop, hoop. <laughs> um, it's hoop house. <laughs> so it's uh, like a, a low-tech greenhouse. Okay. Um, and uh, it, it stretches out especially for a lot of tomato and cucumber production. Um, Cool. What else? What else is going on today? And you got to get there early if you want all this stuff, right? Because a lot of this sells out. It's yes. every week from um, 10 o'clock to 1 o'clock. I got there probably about 12:30 last week, and I'd say half the guys were, were kind of packing up and getting ready to go home. So if yeah. you want really the cream of the crop, be online at 10 a.m. Yeah, absolutely. 10 a.m. I mean, actually 9:45, people are busting through the doors. Wow. So um, okay, what do we so, have here? Um, so that's some tarragon. And who's got the papers? <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Uh, the, oh. Right? It wasn't a hoop house, it was a hash house. <laughs> um, so uh, the tarragon came from Crossfire Ranch, um, and they are also in Sandy Valley. Um, and Crossfire Ranch... Um, it's just they beautiful smell. Yeah, I mean, it's great. And that's, yeah. kind of, that's mild. Um, but um, they also have some really great farm oh, fresh eggs that you can get direct from them. Wow, so, very good. It's good. And is that year-round, or is that seasonal? Um, that, that is seasonal. They can get, they can get um, a lot of um, cultivation out of that as well with the way that they can plant that. In Sandy Valley, the temperature is a little bit better. Okay. Next up? Um, oh, next up, we have some beets. This came from Buckhorn. This is in Alamo. Um, and so what's great um, with Buckhorn Ranch is uh, they have a lot of production, so it'll be, um, the temperatures will be cooler up there, so they can be growing for a lot longer. So they're a little bit slower to start producing but they really fill the gaps for us in Southern Nevada with a lot of the produce. Beets are one of those vegetables my mom could never get me to eat. 
So it's I, I've got to, I have some chef friends who yeah. have made some great beets over the years, and I. I've enjoyed the way that they prepare them. Right. Something about if you love food, even if you don't really like an ingredient, yeah. if somebody does something good with it, you can appreciate it. But beets yeah. are one of those things that I'm always like, I always hope I'm never on an Iron Chef judging where it has right. to be beets because battle beet would probably kill me. Right. But those do look quite good for beets. Absolutely. <laughs> and it is always better when somebody else prepares it. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then we have some uh, daikon. Um, and this came from uh, Cowboy Trail Farm. And they're in the Northwest Valley. They have about an acre and a half. Uh, and I think that what's most amazing with what they're doing out there is that uh, about 10 months ago, uh -oh, dropping the icon. it was all dirt. I mean, it just really? And it where is it located was, again? I'm sorry. Um, it, it's in Northwest Valley, okay. Northwest part of Las Vegas. It's about 10 minutes from UNC Orchard. Wow. Um, but now the growth that she has out there, and she has some of those low-tech greenhouses, um, it's amazing. You would think that she's been growing for years. Really? Yeah. And what's else? And then in your the, bag of let's see the last bag of goodies here. Um, a few tomatoes. Now, are we still in heirloom tomato season, or are they? It's it's starting to end now. The production's starting to slow down. And is this more of a hybrid, or is yeah, this, this is an not, this, this is, is a hybrid. hybrid. Okay, yeah. so I was going to say they look kind of hybrid. They yeah. look kind of what you're used to seeing. But I mean, they look very good and delicious. But yeah. They look like you're very. Yeah, I, I was slow. Uh, I missed out on the heirlooms today. Yeah. I was yeah. How many people do you, how many different types of heirlooms do, you, do they bring in? Um, that's, you know, I've seen probably about three different variations that have been brought into the market. Cool. Well, this all looks incredibly delicious. I definitely, have, we have to thank you, first of all, for bringing this downtown. I mean, downtown, when I moved here 10 years ago, you know, I said to people, I want to live downtown. And people just said, you can't live in downtown Las Vegas. <laughs> there's there's no, nothing to do. There's no place to live. There's, you know, nothing to do. No restaurants, no shopping, no anything. And it was true. And for years and years, I really tried to move downtown. And then Mayor Goodman thought building right. super high rises would, to get millionaires would be the revitalization. And that kind of flopped. And it really seems it's people like you that are doing, and you know, artists and, and people running coffee houses, and of course people running bars, because that always helps. But it's yeah. you small businesses. It's not the Neonopolis that saved downtown. Right. It's the, the people that really want to bring a sense of community to it. And yeah. you know, you've got a great history of that. Also, I don't know if I mentioned, but um, Gina is the founder of Project Dinner Table, an incredible. I actually haven't been to one yet, but all my friends went. What's the, up? the last one you had was the day I renewed, right, renewed right. my wedding vows, okay. so I couldn't make it out. But um, yeah, yeah, it's this huge table. About a hundred people sit around one long table, mm -hmm. and again, another sense of just and always in a strange location. Where's your next one? <laughs> uh, actually, the next one's going to be downtown. Oh, okay. Uh, on the Jackie Gone Plaza. Cool. Well, so check out Project Dinner Table. Definitely check out the farmer's market. Not just this farmer's market. I mean, any of the farmer's markets we have going on here in Las Vegas. Definitely worth your support. I'll tell you, you'll, you'll bite into these vegetables. You cook with these, and you'll wonder why. Usually the prices are better than what you're getting in a grocery store. Absolutely. And the food is a lot better. So we're going to put Vic Vegas on the spot in a second and see what he would mix, make up. A couple dishes, one dish, whatever, a five-course meal, whatever he would do if... We went shopping downtown, and we brought that to him. He's good at that. He's on TV. They make him do it all the time. <laughs> nice. So um, He'll be like the vegetable butler. Yeah, so thanks a lot. We will be right back after this message. <laughs> Hi, I'm Chris Phillips from Talk Tales, and you're watching the Vegas Video Network. And if you stop by the studio, our producer Scott's going to buy everybody a drink. And we are back with Top of the Food Chain. I am Al Mancini, your host here on the Vegas Video Network. And I have got with me the eagerly awaited return of Chef Vic Vegas. 
my old friend who is doing Las Vegas proud on Food Network Star. It is an honor to represent such a great city and such great people. And part of the reason why I represent Vegas is because everyone passes through, and it gives me a chance to hit everybody in one shot. Now, for, um, you know, for people that hadn't watched, he got off to a really slow start. We were almost embarrassed to be Vic's friend after the first couple episodes. Yeah. And you have just come back, and you are down now to the, the final five contestants. Well on your way. And you know, it's kind of like American Idol. You don't even have to be the number one guy. You're probably going to get a show now, and I can be a guest, maybe, oh, on your show. Absolutely. <laughs> the shameless begging plug on the air. Once we've got, no! it, once we've got it on tape, it's man. Vegas, baby. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Vegas. People do lie here a lot. So. <laughs> so, um, looking at these great vegetables, what would you do? Some interesting things. I'm just talking about people that are home chefs, and if they go to the market next week and they see some of these great vegetables, what are a couple of suggestions you'd have for them? You know, I, I'd go, especially at the time of the year, I'd go soup and salad. You know, have a nice little lunch, soup and salad. I'd probably do like a daikon and probably a roasted beet salad with maybe some candied nuts and a little bit of like an avocado vinaigrette. You know, I think that'd be really summery. But on the soup shot, I'd go a little different. I think I'd take the squash and the tomatoes and make like a bisque out of it, maybe with a little bit of a tarragon flavor. But I think I would take the onion and make it like a bloomin' onion, like you'd get it out back. And I'd put the bloomin' onion right in the middle of the bowl, and I'd pour the soup around it. So you got your crispy bloomin' onion as it's breaking away into the soup as you're eating it. So that's what I would do. Okay, little advice for people at home. I know we don't we don't give the guests knives here because I tend to make them angry. But um, if you were, if how does somebody make a bloomin' onion? Well, pretty much you want to cut the top off, and then you want to cut you want to cut it about down to here where it all stays together. I'm going to say one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, maybe eight cuts. Cut the top off, eight cuts. Take these hairs off the bottom, the root, and kind of open it up, soak it in some buttermilk, uh, and then make like a nice flour, you know, paprika, a little chili powder, some flour. Soak it in the milk, and then toss it in the flour, and then when you deep fry the onion, it'll crisp up into a nice blooming onion. Because you, even with soup, you need to deep fry I something, I have to deep right? fry something. If, if Vic because, is not deep frying, Well, we got the cooking. salad. That takes away from the deep frying, man. So we got to fry something, even on a summery day. Nice soup and fried fried soup and salad. Okay, so there's going to fry soup, it's going to be me. Right, so there you go. A little bit of advice for cooking at home if you're at the um, farmer's market. Any specific advice on how someone should chop down a daikon, or just pretty much just chop it on down? You know what? I. What I like to do is, I call it the thingamajiggy. It's this thing that makes curls. You stick it on and you kind of make curls out of it. Or I'd say like strips, like spaghetti strips. Try to get some kind of a thin hair strip. And then I, I like soaking things in 7-Up because I think that the 7-Up will be absorbed into the daikon and the citrus and the acidity and the you know, carbonation will really keep the daikon nice and fresh. Okay, there you go. Cooking tips. We've got it all here. Who needs the host to be any good when you've got hey! guests like this, man? I mean, really. Um, we've got, a, of course, I knew as soon as you were here, we've got questions. Scott, what's going on in the chat room, man? Uh, Jackie wants to know if you were surprised, Vic, when Orchid, or Orchid, sorry, got voted off, especially before Chris and Penny. Well, for starters, um, I was sad. And there, there. <laughs> the one with the light on. There you go. For starters, I was Haven't very. Have you been sad. doing television for yeah, all season? Too much, no. I think, now, man. Um, no, for starters, I was very sad because I love Orchid personally, and she was a great competitor. Um, to get thrown off before Chris and Penny, you know, I love my man Chris. Obviously, everybody knows that, and you know, I actually have a love for Penny too. Um, it just—it looks like that's the way things fell at that point. 
Um, I personally think Orchid's a star, and I think that uh, Orchid is not gone by any means. Maybe just from the series, but you're going to see that one little hot mama once again. Yeah, we've been um, four four episodes have gone by since we had you here last, and I'm trying to in what order everybody went home. Um, we had. Uh, Justin went home, and then after that we had Orchid, then we had Chris and Penny go home, and then just this past week, Jill. So that was kind of the order if you've been following it at home. A lot of crazy stuff has gone on. I got so many questions. I know they've got so many questions. Um, I want to start with um, some of the, okay, let's go back to the first one, the, the Guy Fieri episode. Okay. And that was your 4th of July episode. Yes. And it aired 4th of July weekend, and you were having a 4th of July barbecue. Here's the question: What time of year was it? <laughs> what time of year was it when you filmed that? July third. Oh, come on, when did you shoot that? Um, it, it was pretty cold out. Uh, <laughs> it was like a big blur, and uh, it was it was actually a very cold Fourth of July. <laughs> I was gonna say uh, that's pretty much my answer on that one. Okay. Very cold Fourth of July. The weather was a little off <laughs> for being such an independent day, and um, that's my answer, Al. And you looked really oh, well, as if these people really thought that it was live on the third of July. Some people do. Uh, Some people really that I run into. They really do think that it is live. I am sorry for ruining the miracle of television for anybody out there. I, we won't even get into Never mind. Well, I actually went to New York last week for you know whatever good reason I went. And um, coincidentally, on the show, we were going to New York. So when people saw me on the plane, they're like, ah, oh, you're going to New York. I just saw it on the show. <laughs> I'm like, yep, I'm going to New York, baby. Mama's boy's home. Um, you look great in your red wig, by the way. That was really cool. Trying to kind of. You try. I know. I see the. You're jealous hybrid, of my hair color, right? A little jealous right? of Al. Trying yeah. to hybrid a little Al Vic. If we had a child, that may be what the child will look like. <laughs> Ooh, very possible. That is one ugly kid, man. Um, the other question about that episode is your challenge was that you all shot together an episode of Diners, Drive-ins, and Dives. Will that ever air as an episode, or was that simply a challenge? Um, that was simply a challenge. There are a couple challenges that were done on the show, like. As you could just see last week, Rachel Ray, yeah. it was both. You had Rachel Ray show and you had Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dives. Um, for the two shows basically that we had did that are existing shows on the network. But the one with Guy is actually just the challenge for the show. And obviously the one with Rachel Ray actually came out on the regular Rachel Ray show. Did that, that already aired? Yes, it aired last Wednesday. Okay, so it's in conjunction kind of with the in episode conjunction. showing. Mm -hmm. And all of you were on the same episode. I'm sorry, Rachel. I, I apologize for not watching your show last Wednesday. That's, that's okay. I recorded it for him. I, I appreciate it. So I don't want to make Rachel angry. Yeah, <laughs> she's pretty tough. Yeah, we've, got a, um, we've got another question over sure. there. Scott, what's happening, man? He wants to know, uh, is Vic going to be opening up a restaurant as a result of the exposure on the show? Well, even with the exposure, without the exposure, you know, my goal is to definitely have an extensive amount of restaurants. The final goal is to be a restaurateur. So with the show, you know, putting me out there and letting people know what I do, that's definitely going to help the situation. But it's partially because I was on the show itself, and it's something I always wanted to do, and result is why I'm going to be opening up a restaurant probably within the next year or two. Got a couple more things I got to do first. Okay. <laughs> um, and I want to get to the next episode after that. That was the food okay. trucks episode. And, you know, that was an interesting one. I, the thing that cracked me up about this one was um, the balls on the roll truck. There was a truck. Yeah, they had to name their truck, and they were going to serve. It wasn't Vic, thankfully. Um, the team that did it, uh, who, whose team was that? Um, it was actually Jeff, Whitney, and Susie. Right. And the, um, the name of the truck was Balls on the Roll. And yeah. they, because everything was in ball form. It was falafel that they were offering, meatballs, and then an albondiga soup, which is a Mexican and or Spanish meatball soup, kind yes. of. 
and um, looked like pretty good food. But the Food Network people went crazy, balls on the roll. I mean, they act, I was like, I better not send them as an audition tape, my show with porn stars, because if they don't, they seem to think that was an extremely offensive title, and the, the people in the audience seem to be a little worried about that. Pretty conservative over there in Food Network Starland, aren't they? Yeah, they are. They're pretty, pretty conservative and by the book, but, um, you know, in a way, Look at what the other two trucks did. I mean, you had Chris's Angels, which was, you know. I, Pretty corny. I, I still yell at him about Horrifyingly that. Horrifyingly like, corny, uh, yes. You know, you're kind of <laughs> taking corny to another corny level. And you had to be, you know, 45 years old to even get the posing joke, right? So. Yes. And I kept, um, you know, Fierce Food Fusion, big style. And that's part of the reason why me and Al met. It was kind of like high roller food. I kind of took the skinny dip and reinvented it into a wrap. And that's why, you know, we did very good that week. But as far as bowls on a roll, um, it was a little too much for the current situation. You know, spherical food, you know, bowls. You're having a bad day. You need some bowls, baybee, you know. <laughs> well, I, it could be taken a little, uh, I, you know. Uh, I got to tell you, I simply thought it was horrible because of the fact that we've got a better truck here in Vegas, Holland Balls, and um, you know, right. a good friend of mine running that truck, and that's a much cooler name. I think Holland Balls is better than Balls on the Roll. So they right. just, you know, they were ripping off one of my we, boys and, you know, not doing it nearly as right. cleverly as he was. So. We give Jeff a little bit of, uh, you know, credit for being on the edge and, you know, being that comedian side, and, uh, you know, he did a couple of those, if you noticed, Absolutely. throughout the show, living on the edge, but... Overall, I mean, they did have good food. That was the sad part about that. Like, I tried the meatball. You know me. I'm going to attack the meatball and see exactly how that tastes. The albonigo soup was good. Falafel still needed a little work, but overall, they had great food. Because they used cooked chickpeas, I believe, right? Yeah. That was the problem with that one. We've got more questions. Maya said, uh, or says, last season, the non-winner, Adam Gertler, got better opportunities than the winner. Do you think that's the case every time, often? What it is, is they put a bunch of people together to see what happens, you know, and, you know, sometimes someone wins the show and then you see second and third place people, you know, that have really put in their dues, that really deserve a show, you know, the network's kind enough and understanding enough to go, okay, they didn't win, but look at the response that they just got from everyone. Because if you make it to the end, I mean, that's, if you make it 12 weeks, that's your own personal commercial for 12 weeks and everyone gets to know you. Food Network's gonna see the response from you know what you put out there and they'd be crazy to say hey you know this guy didn't win but we're getting thousands and thousands of emails people want to see more of this guy star is born and along those lines i mean you tell me because you lived it firsthand but what i'm was what i'm seeing on the show now as we get down especially after they went to new york they seem to be really more like they're trying to groom you guys like it, it, and at first it was let's weed out the people and let's find out who we've got faith in now it really appears to me that they're kind of saying okay we've got you know six people that we we have tremendous faith in let's see if we can get them to that level i mean i think it appears that they want to groom you all they'd be thrilled if they could do six shows right yeah no 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 it actually i mean you know guys there's there's a you got the food channel you got a lot of slots opening up so i mean this is the network's way of like getting the talent to them as well and you know the people stepping up to see, you know their next stars could be all coming from the next food network star there's a lot of slots to fill up you got a lot of good people and they did they treated the last six they were like everybody here deserves a show so now you're going to go home for too much salt, not enough salt. If you didn't sleep enough last night, you got to be on point from this point on. Bob Tushman said that my chocolate dessert tasted too chocolatey. Shame on me for that. You know, I, I, I mean, he, he was right in that case, but that was the intent. Right. I got in trouble for that. A little too chocolatey. First episode, 
my food went everywhere and I made it. Now I'm getting in trouble for a little too chocolatey. So it's very serious. It's like very tight now. What's the next question up, Scott? Do you get feedback from the network regarding viewer feedback? Um, we don't at this point. Um, pretty much the feedback we get is the feedback we get walking around and the emails and when we go to places and blogs and, you know, just pretty much like being a fan watching the show and seeing what everyone else would say about somebody. You pretty much just check on yourself and, you know, see how you're put out there and how you're accepted. You know, there's a lot on the show about the POV, the point of view, I assume, is what you're referring to when you say that, and, you know, who the character is. And you don't see a lot of the kind of training or the coaching you on that. You see so much of the cooking competition. How much, I mean, do they bring wardrobe people in to advise you? Do they bring people in to, to, to kind of coach you on, on what is an acceptable POV? Nope. They want to see what you got on your own. And then from there, they'll see if it could be worked with. So those sweater vests are all your idea? Um, actually, um, sure. <laughs> no, I, I, I did the sweater vest uh, like one or two times, and there was a time where I didn't wear the sweater vest. And Bobby goes, where's the sweater vest, Vic? Because you know, that kind of takes away from like what I really look like, and it kind of shows me more like, hey, yeah. which I am a mama's boy, and I, it was kind of comfortable. But you kind of almost never even see that idea of where you decided to go from mama to Mama showed me, Mama told me, to Mama's boy. And I think there's really only one scene where I kind of saw somebody rehearsing in front of a mirror. And I'm thinking, there must be a lot of that, as much of that going on with you guys as there is the cooking. I mean, and really trying to define your characters. Um, actually, when I stopped rehearsing in front of the mirror personally is when I started doing better. First two, three weeks, here and there, I was rehearsing in front of the mirror. And that's another chore, just to try to remember what you told yourself in the mirror. I just go commando style. You know what I mean? It's, I'm going to just think about it as I'm doing it. I'm going to be myself, and I'm just going to let it flow out the way it would naturally come from the heart. And we have another question for Vic. Sure. Actually, first of all, uh, commando, women like that. <laughs> Don't know why that would be. Uh, Maya wants to know, um, are most chefs expected to be able to bake, and do you think baking and dessert challenges are fair? Um, I think with the amount of people are on that show because you have people that just cook at home that bake very well on the show that is not an executive chef or a chef in a regular chef's environment so I think that evens the playing field you know you got a lady like Mary Beth who's a home cook and you got me who's an executive chef I cook better savory food than her she bakes better than me but I'm a chef so I got to know a little bit of baking so it's all about how when you're out of your element and in my case baking is out of my element show that you could wing it Show that you can get out of the situation and take what you don't know and make it the possible best you do know how to make it with the knowledge you have. It seemed like um, you had a little two or three week story arc there of just everyone really getting on each other's nerves. Was that a, is that just the way things are edited to focus on it for those two or three weeks and it was constant? Or was there really kind of an arc where you guys were about to kill each other? One thing I love about the show is what you saw is the concentrated truth of what happened. Like there was like if you saw arguing, there was more arguing, but they're bringing to you the best of the arguing. Like for sure, there was arguing, and everything you saw happened, and it happened that way. And so, okay, you know what? I actually wanted to ask you. You had some really interesting guests. I mean, you know, we had um, we had Wolfgang Puck, we had Rachel Ray, we had um, food truck guy. Uh, Tyler all, Florence, yeah, yeah, Tyler. Uh, all kinds of really great people over the past four weeks. Um, Guy Fieri. Mm -hmm. Any of them stand out as the one that really rocked your world to be able to cook for? 
besides all of them, because I am a diehard fan of the Food Network, you know, I mean, it's at the point, and we were discussing it earlier, you don't get starstruck when you see them. You just feel more like they're your peers now because you made it this far. But I'm going to say I enjoyed cooking. The most I enjoyed cooking for was Tyler Florence because he's the great food truck race. I'm all about that dirty food truck slanging kind of food as well as being, you know, a chef. And uh, I just really had fun cooking for Tyler. It was interesting because I know some of these people, I've met them from time to time occasionally, or I've just been in rooms with them. And almost always, the people that I kind of may have gotten an impression weren't that cool, seemed like really, really cool people. One of the guys, the, the person that they had on the show that I like absolutely the most and have had the greatest times with personally um, was Wolfgang Puck. And the nicest guy in the world. I mean, I showed up for a dinner at his restaurant and my wife couldn't make it, so I was going to dine solo. And he sat and ate with me. You know what I mean? Like, he didn't want me That's to be. Cool. I mean, really, really super guy. And. Um, Man, he got up and went into the kitchen to show Jill. If you didn't watch the show, Jill, the, the contestant Jill, her, her assigned dish that she made was risotto. And she brought the risotto out to Wolf. And Wolf looked at it and said, you want me to show you how to make risotto? This is not risotto. And walked into the kitchen in front of the other contestants and just took, took her to school on how to make risotto. And that must have been just the most humiliating oh, thing that you could imagine. We were all like, oh, my god. Because here you are now, in, in your life as a chef, you're making food for one of the legends of the world. So here's your chance. Is Wolfgang Puck going to like your food or not like your food? In that case, Jill served him risotto. That's one of his signature items. It's got to like almost be as good as his. And in that case, Jill was very unfamiliar with risotto, which I don't think she should have done it. But she did, and she makes some very good risotto now. I guess so, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, when you get lessons from a master like that, you know. Jill, Jill's special is risotto now. <laughs> really? She makes the best. Yeah, but, I mean, did that surprise you? I mean, did you feel for her? Did you think that was kind of harsh of him to have done that? I mean. Guys, it surprised everyone. Like, it was, that was gangster. <laughs> where I come from, where we are right now, that was gangster. Yeah. Come on, let me show you. Right. I couldn't believe it, but, Wow. You served Wolfgang risotto, and it was <laughs> rice around eat out. Yeah. You know what I mean? So hey, it happens, man. But again, you learn. You learn. Got to learn, and she, she behaved well. We've got another question for you. Sure. Yeah, last question here from Bill. Has anybody on the show been represented on TV differently than the way they act when the cameras are off them? You know what? One thing I will say, everybody is exactly the same on the show as they were off the show and in whatever you know they're doing now in their careers everybody is exactly the same i think that's why they chose this cast because to get on this show they put you through so many extensive tests to see what your personality really was everyone you saw is everyone you saw got to talk tell us about those tests one of these days that they put you through yeah I will. Um, but in the meantime I want to give people a preview of what we got going up how many more episodes do we have until we crown next Food Network star Wow we got two episodes plus the finale plus the reunion episode okay reunion episodes gonna be quite interesting and what's coming up this week this week coming up is a celebrity roast where we finally are getting put on a firing squad a different type of firing squad in front of some of your most interesting comedians out there, legendary comedians, people that really know how to break uh, balls on a roll. <laughs> and uh, 
we get to be the center of it this time. So. Yeah, did you tempted to smack anybody during this episode? No. No, you had to keep the teddy bear Vic happening, not I, the gangster I, Vic. I just had a, I had to stay Vic, man. <laughs> I, the, the teddy bear Vic killed the gangster Vic, man. You gotta love the insults. I mean, I read a, a letter from one of my readers on the air last week where the guy called me a d-bag you know so said i dress like a d-bag you know you gotta gotta be able to roll with the punches right you gotta man? be able to roll with the punches but that means they're still watching you absolutely man that means they know what i look like right exactly, that's bro. the important that thing means they know what you're doing so um man well it is great having you any chance we're going to get you back before the end of the season i promise you brother i'm with you man you okay. represent vegas i'm represented we're doing it together man food world baby. okay that sounds good we will be back next week we didn't have any booze this week Maybe that's why I messed up in the beginning of the show. But um, now we're going to be talking rum next week. So you're definitely going to want to tune in for that. In the meantime, I'm off to a tequila tasting tonight. If you want to go down to Border Grill, I think I got a plus one on the list. Babysitting. Um, got the kids tonight, man. Okay, man. Well, you go be a dad. That's the important thing. Anyway, you are watching Top of the Food Chain on Vegas Video Network. And we will be back next week. Five o'clock. Remember, new time, people. Five o'clock. I'll try to be on time.